Isn't it amazing that a baby changes everything, and that baby changed everything. And I'm thankful for my family that, that is here today. I'm glad that Michael and Gary are with us all the way from Florida, as my daughter went and picked up Gary this morning, and will be here for the holiday season. And so we're thankful for family and what, uh, you know, just, if it wasn't for that child, our family wouldn't be saved. None of us would know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. So uh, it's all because uh, my aunt came to know Christ. She led my aunts. We've got preachers in the family and people that love the Lord and just are serving the Lord. And it's, I'm just so grateful for that. And so uh, he did come to save all of us, didn't he? What a wonderful story. Children, you are dismissed to head down to Children's Chapel. And for the rest of you wonderful people on this wonderful Christmas season, turn your Bibles, if you would please, to Luke chapter 1. And we'll be reading from verses 26 through 28. Luke chapter 1, verses 26 through 38. Most of us can say people know us by our identities. People know us by who we are. For some of us, they know you by maybe the job that you have, the class that you're with. Some people know others by the neighborhood that they live in. Other people will say, oh, I know them because they say, I live in this area. You know, if I were to say to you, hi, my name is Todd and I live in Palm Springs, Florida. The first thought in your mind might say, oh, West Palm Beach. Wow, he's got some money. Most people would say that. Hi, I'm Todd, and I live in Akron, Ohio. Most of you go, oh, okay, where's that at? But most of us are classified by what? By our reputation, by our parents, by what social class you're in. Most people, if you say the name, people will say, oh, you're the pastor up in North Hill." If I say New Hope, they're like, oh, are you Pastor Todd? I've had that said to me. Or if I say, oh, I'm Pastor Todd. Oh, you're the church on Riverside Drive. See, there's always an association. And this Christmas, I want you to know that there is an association with Jesus Christ. There is something special about his name. And that's what I'd like to talk about today. If you have your Bible, let's read together. Luke chapter 1, verse 26, and I'll continue to read all the way through 38. And in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God unto a city of Galilee named Nazareth. To a virgin espoused to a man whose name was Joseph. Of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. And the angel came in unto her and said, Hail, thou. Though thou art highly favored, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. There's the association starting to see it. The angel knew who she was. And when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying and cast in her mind what manner of salutation this should be. Or what manner of greeting that this should be. And the angel said unto her, Fear not, Mary, for thou hast found favor with God. That wasn't just the first time. That was the second time that the angel said that. I think that lady was kind of special. What do you think? For a young teenage lady, she had a special place with God. Then we continue to read. And he he said in verse 30, and the angel said unto her, I'm sorry, verse 31, And behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb and bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name 
Jesus. He shall be great. He shall be called the son of the highest. And the Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father, David. And he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever and of his kingdom. And there shall be no end. Then said Mary unto the angel, how shall this be, seeing I know not a man? And the angel answered and said unto her, The Holy Ghost shall come upon thee, and the power of the highest shall overshadow thee. Isn't that the power of the Most High shall overshadow thee? Isn't that awesome to think, look at God. He came down in the form of man. What a wonderful verse. I love, I love that. And it says, therefore, also that the holy thing which shall be born, or the Holy One, These shall be called the Son of God. And behold, thy cousin Elizabeth, she hath also conceived a son in her old age. And this is the sixth month with her, who was called barren. For with God nothing shall be impossible. And Mary said, Behold, the handmaid of the Lord, be it unto me according to thy word. And the angel departed from her. Now take your Bible, turn over to Matthew chapter 1, Matthew chapter 1, verses 18 through 25. Now here the angel, he already spoke to Mary, and here he's appearing under who? Unto who? Joseph. And so here's his message in verse 18. Now the birth of Jesus Christ was on the wise when his mother Mary was a spouse to Joseph. Before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Ghost. And Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not willing to make her a public example, was minded to put her away privately. He wanted to put her away, wanted to divorce her. He said, hold on. I know we have a betrothal thing going on here. I know that we're engaged. I know that something's going to go. But you know what this is going to do for my reputation? Oh, that's right. Joseph had a reputation to uphold. Well, what did he think with Mary? Mary had a reputation to uphold. She was the one that was with child. Isn't that amazing? All of us have a reputation to uphold. Remember, people know us by association. So here he is saying, uh, this is what I think I'm going to do. I think I'm going to put her away. I'm going to divorce her. I don't know what she's done. She might be highly favored. She might have a special place with God. But I'm a little concerned because I've never seen this done before. Now, come on. Be honest here. Wouldn't some of you say, what's going on here? You're pregnant? Really? So here was Joseph, still separated. God used him. God spoke to him. And then we continue the story. But while he thought on these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream, saying, Joseph, thou son of David, fear not to take unto thee Mary thy wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. Holy moly macaroni, I would pass out right then. I'd be like this. Is this really a dream? What's going on here? I mean, isn't that our, that's our knee-jerk response. What's just taking place here? Was that just coincidental? Did really the angel of the Lord come unto me? But he knew who the angel of the Lord was. Verse 21, And she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name... For he shall save his people from their sins. Now all this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken of the Lord by the prophet, saying, Behold, a virgin shall shall be with child, and shall bring forth a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. 
Isn't that beautiful? Can the, can the story of Jesus ever get old? No. It's, just, it's always great to hear it every year, isn't it? Verse 24, Then Joseph, being raised from sleep, did as the angel of the Lord had bidden him, and took unto him his wife, and knew her not until she had brought forth her firstborn son, and he called his name Jesus. Isn't that wonderful? Many years ago, a hymn writer by the name of Charles Wycliffe penned the following words. And as I sing this little song, I want you to know that this week, as I was waiting for my wife, she was in CVS, this song came to my mind, and I was listening to a good old southern gospel singer, Vestal Goodman. And I was listening to the Goodman family sing this song, and uh, let's see if I can rip one out here as, as the song is sung. And uh, that didn't sound good. For those that are listening on podcast, as I tried to sing this song, what a lovely name, the name of Jesus, reaching higher far than the brightest star. Sweeter than the songs they sing in heaven. Let the world proclaim. Then it goes into, what a lovely name, a lovely name. One of the verses says, there's a name above all others. Wonderful to hear, bringing hope and cheer. It's the lovely name of Jesus. Evermore the same. What a lovely name. So as I heard her sing that song, I found myself in the shower. I found myself working around the house. What a lovely name, the name of Jesus. And I'm just singing and whistling, and I couldn't get that jingle out of my head. So we'd like to thank the Lord today for this message that you're about to hear on the lovely name of Jesus. Greater than the brightest star. Sweeter than anything you'll ever hear is the wonderful name of Jesus. In history, in Israel, they would say Yeshua, which you would look at as Joshua is the Hebrew name and Jesus is the Greek name. They both mean the same thing and it means Jehovah is salvation. When Jesus Christ was born in Bethlehem 2,000 years ago, there were many children in Israel named Jesus, Yeshua. But there was none like him. I want to draw our attention to what the angel said to Mary when he visited her to tell her the amazing news that she, a virgin, would give birth to the Son of the Most High God. When the angel came to Mary... He told her the name Jesus. The angel also visited Joseph some months later to tell him the same thing. And here's what he said. But while he thought on these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream. And we've already read it in Matthew chapter 1. He said, listen, you will bring forth a son and his name shall be called Jesus. And then we read it in Luke chapter 2 verse 21. There it was, he was eight days old, 
We heard Brother Todd speak about it last week. Mary Joseph took him to be circumcised, and on that day they obeyed the voice of the angel, and they called his name, this baby, Jesus. I want us to examine this lovely name altogether today. The name Jesus tells us a lot about the who he is and what he came to this world to do. And this morning I want to talk to you and preach to you about the lovely name of Jesus. It's his birthday. There is something special about that name. Let us pray. Father, thank you, Lord, for your word. Thank you, Father, that you have come to save us. And thank you, Father, that you just, you knew the heart of human man, of humankind, that were just sinners. So even though, Father, in the midst of all the chaos that was going on in the world, You brought forth your son. You came, you died to give us life. Thank you, Father, for saving a sinner such as I. Bless your word. Amen. Jesus, your mention of his name can calm the storm, heal the broken, 
raise the dead. In the name of Jesus, I've seen sin-hardened men melted, derelicts transformed, the lights of hope put in the eyes of a hopeless child. At the name of Jesus, hatred and bitterness turn to love and forgiveness. Arguments cease. I've heard a mother softly breathe his name at the bedside of a child, delirious from fever. And I've watched as that little body grew quiet and the fevered brow cool. I've sat beside a dying saint, her body racked with pain, when those final fleeting seconds summoned her last ounce of ebbing strength to whisper her sweetest name. Emperors have tried to destroy it. Philosophies have tried to stamp it out. Tyrants have tried to wash it from the face of the earth with the very blood of those who claimed it. Yet it still stands. And there shall be that final day when every voice that has ever uttered a sound, every voice of Adam's race shall rise in one mighty chorus to proclaim the name of Jesus. For in that day every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is truly Lord. So you see, it was not mere chance that caused an angel one night long ago to say to a virgin maiden, his name, his name shall be called Jesus. Jesus. Say that name with me. Jesus. Oh, there is something. Something about that name. Now sing it. Kings and kingdoms will all pass Isn't there something special about that name? This morning, as, as we continue to go into God's Word, I want you to draw your attention. As I give you the first point, His name declares His identity. Then we're going to look at His name declares His poverty. And yet, His name declares His ministry. And then last, His name declares His glory. Verse 32. Get back over here to Luke. Verse 32. And he shall be great. Shall be called the son of the highest. And the Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father David. You see, this baby would not be like any other baby that was ever born. He shall be called the Son of the Highest. Isn't that exciting that we can talk about, even in, in the stillness of this room, in a beautiful song, talking about Jesus who came, He still is the Son of, the God, Son of God. He is the Son of the Highest. The Eternal. Son of God, who had existed with his father from eternity past, would step into time to be born 
through the womb of a virgin. The ancient prophecy of Isaiah would be fulfilled in this person of Jesus. And he says, therefore, the Lord himself shall give you a sign. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. That name Emmanuel means God with us. You see, that is who Jesus is. He is the son of God. He is God in human flesh. He is God with us. When you say the name of Jesus, you are naming the name of God. Three points under that. One, he is the king of Israel. It says there in that verse, the Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father David. If I were to go all the way back to Matthew chapter 1, as we see the genealogy of Jesus Christ, it starts off in verse 1, the book of the generation of, the, of Jesus Christ, the son of David. And David was a king. This baby born to humble people, to humble means, would be a direct descendant of a king, King David. More than that, he would be the fulfillment of God's promise to the king of David for a thousand years earlier. This baby would one day sit on the throne of David and be crowned king of kings and lord of lords. One day this king will return in glory and he will rule the world with a rod of iron. In Revelation 19, 15, you don't have to turn there. When you say the name of Jesus, you are calling on the name of the King of Kings. He could have come in in a beautiful stallion, a wonderful parade, and yet his life just exemplified humility. That was the name of Jesus. When you say the name of Jesus, you are calling the name. Of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. He is the fulfillment of prophecy in verse 33. It says there, and he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever. The baby's name was prophesied. The baby Jesus was prophesied. It is the fulfillment of this prophecy. When you say the name of Jesus, you are talking about the one who perfectly fulfills all of the ancient prophecies concerning the Messiah, the Savior, and the Christ. Isn't it amazing? Here we see that his identity was God. His identity had part of the King of Israel. His identity was the fulfillment of prophecy. And yet he is the champion of humanity. And here's what the angel of the Lord said. We read it. It says in verse 32 that he shall be great. And this word here means to be great in importance and in estimation. No other birth in human history was as monumental as the birth of the Lord Jesus Christ. When he came into the world, he took his place as the greatest of the great. You see, the first one made in the image of God was who? Adam. 
And yet Adam sinned and there was shame. And yet the next Adam that came, who was Jesus Christ in the image of Almighty God, would someday come back. He will take his place on the throne and people will bow their knee and they will confess that he is Lord and he is King. That is Jesus Christ, born in a manger, wrapped in swaddling clothes. And yet we see that he was a champion. And that He is great. He came. He caused light to shine out of darkness. He caused life to spring forth from death. He caused salvation to destroy condemnation. He is great. He is the champion of all humanity. And when you name the name of Jesus, you are talking about our hero. His name declares his identity. So let me ask you this. What declares your identity? How do people know you? What is your reputation? Oh, pastor, you know I'm just a sinner. You know that I shouldn't even be here today. Yeah, you should be. All of us should be here. Everyone in America should be in churches across America claiming the name of Jesus. I know this season I I could have spoke on the angels and there's times that I've taken you through a tour of, you know, how everything took place from the shepherds to the wise men to coming to a place where there was no room for him in the inn. And yet this season, I just want to claim the name of Jesus, the one who has come to save his people. And I ask you, what is your identity Do people see Jesus Christ in your life? Can they give points about your life to say, this is one of humility. This is one that claims the identity of the King of Kings, yet doesn't live like that. People don't want to follow us as Christians because we don't exemplify who Jesus Christ is. Some of us would say, oh no. Most of us should say, oh God, help me. Number two, we read through verses 26 through 28. His name declares his poverty. The Bible tells us that the angel came to a young maiden girl named Mary. When we know that she was engaged to a man, his name was Joseph, who was a carpenter by trade. We know that Jesus was born into a family of Tons of means. When we examine his birth, we learn that he was born in a manger. When he was born, his mother laid him in a trough, used to feed barnyard animals. She was forced to do this because, what's the scripture say? There was no room for him in the inn. Let me break this down for you if you've never heard it before. The ancient inn was a seedy place where poor travelers would seek lodging for the night. Those who had wealth would seek to rent shelter in private homes or in more suitable places. The family of Jesus could not afford such luxuries, and they were forced to go where the poor went. However, when they arrived at the inn, it was already filled to capacity, and they had to seek shelter in another place. So where did they end up? They were forced to spend the night with the animals. It was there that Mary labored and delivered the Son of God. The name Jesus is a name associated with his poverty. The name reminds us of the sacrifices that he's made for all mankind, for all of his people. 
I love what the scripture says in 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 9. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, that you through his poverty might be rich. Reminds us that while he was the creator of all things, while he lived here, he possessed nothing that wasn't given to him by others. He lived off the gift of those who cared about him. When he was a child, God commanded Joseph to take Mary and Joseph to where? To Egypt. To finance that trip and to provide for his son. God moved the Magi to make a long, treacherous journey to a place called Bethlehem. And there he was presented with gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. When he had to pay his taxes, he got the money from where? From the mouth of a fish. When he died, the only possession he had was an expensive garment for which the soldiers gambled over. That garment was without a doubt a gift from a wealthy follower. Listen closely as I listed some things here. While he lived nearly significant event, nearly every significant event utilized something that was borrowed or that had been intended for someone else's use. He borrowed a boat from which he preached. He borrowed a house from which he lived. He borrowed a donkey on which he rode. He borrowed a room in which he celebrated the Passover. He borrowed a cross on which he died. He borrowed a tomb in which he was buried. He gave up his claims to all things so that we might be given all things. He who made it all, who owns it all, willingly laid it down for all so that people like us would have, or who had nothing, could be made the heirs of all things. Romans chapter 8 verse 17. Praise God for his poverty, for through it we truly are rich. I look at people's lives. Becky's down here and she's telling me. She said, you know, all of the feedback that I got from Facebook, I forgot to tell you. I said, well, what was that? Is Brother Steve, you started talking about the Thomas family. He said, she said, one of them said, I've noticed that you've been reunited with a lot of your Filipino friends. For some of you, my wife was a missionary child. They lived in the Philippines. And so... She's been getting reacquainted with some of the Filipino people that, were, that she knew back when she was a child and hadn't seen him for a lot of years. And so people are Facebooking her like crazy, and it's been just fun and exciting reunion with the family of God. My wife then gets a message that says this. You don't know me, and I don't know you. But I want to know the God you serve. Could you tell me about that man named Jesus? Isn't that amazing? Becky said, but why on Facebook would somebody say that? We're known by our identity, aren't we? So if she has Jesus Christ and she's exemplifying that to someone else's life, we see the identity. Though he came and he was poor. 
Yet we are so rich in and through him. Aren't we blessed? What a, what a humbling message. So he declared his poverty. And here we see in verse 31, his name declares his ministry. And behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb and bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus. The angel tells Mary to name her baby Jesus, which means Jehovah is salvation. This name declares his ministry to all of the world. His name tells us that he came. And when the angel came to Joseph, he said, And she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus. For he shall save his people from their sins. How would this baby accomplish the salvation of his people? He would accomplish it by going to the cross in their place. Where he would be judged by God. In their stead. Jesus didn't come to this world to teach. Though no one ever taught like him. Jesus did not come into this world to heal. Though he healed every sickness that he ever encountered. Jesus did not come into this world to raise the dead. Though he broke up every funeral he ever attended. Now that's one funeral I'd like to go to. Arise, Lazarus, and come forth. Holy moly macaroni. (laughs) Jesus did not come into this world to perform miracles, though he accomplished many during his time here. Although, Jesus came into this world to die on the cross and to give his life a ransom for all sinners. Jesus came to this world to die. For those he loved. For you. And for me. He says I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd gives his life. For the sheep. Every second Jesus lived. From the second he was conceived. Until he cried. It is finished. And he yielded up his spirit. Was for the purpose. Of leading. Him to Calvary. To make it even more personal, you are the reason he left heaven. You are the reason he took upon himself humanity. You are the reason he lived. You are the reason he died. You are the reason he rose again. He came here for you. He lived for you. He died for you. He rose again for you. He did it all for you. Here is what he says. I am come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. That's the name of Jesus. When we say the name of Jesus, we are calling to mind the great price he paid to save us. We're remembering his boundless, his unconditional love. We're calling to mind his selfless sacrifice for us. When we breathe a name, we're talking about the God who loved us too much that he bore our sins in his own body on the cross. And when we whisper the name, we are saying 
a mouthful. Jesus. Jesus. There's something about that name. So we declare his identity. We declare his poverty. We declare that he had a ministry, right? To do what? To save mankind from the pits of hell. Verse 33 and last. His name declares his glory. And the angel tells Mary that her son will reign. And this word refers to a king, one who rules in majesty and in glory. This reminds us again that Mary's baby would be no ordinary baby. Just not another other little snotty-nosed kid running around the neighborhood. This was Jesus, the son of the Most High God. And this reminds us that Mary was giving birth to the King of Kings and to the Lord of Lords. While Jesus lived in this world, no one recognized his majesty, his glory, or his authority. No one really saw him for who he truly was. You heard me say it two weeks ago. And his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor. The Mighty God, the Everlasting Father. The Prince of Peace. Some looked at him and saw a poor Jewish carpenter. That was from the Jews. Some looked at him and saw a revolutionary One who stirred up the people. That came from the Jewish leaders. Some looked at him and saw a healer. Those that saw him raise Lazarus from the tomb. Some looked at him and saw an earthly king. Those who witnessed the feeding of 5,000. Wow, he's rich. Look what he has. Some looked at him and saw an innocent man. As Pilate washed his hands. And said... I'm not taking responsibility for this. A few looked at him and saw the Son of God. Martha, Simon Peter. A few looked at him and saw a righteous man. We know this story in Luke 23 of the centurion. And yet no one saw him for who he really was. Peter, James, and John caught a glimpse of his glory on the Mount of Transfiguration. But even they did not fully understand who he was. He lived and died as God walking among men. Very few even had the slightest idea who he was. All that will change one day. There is coming a day when all the world will know. Exactly who he is. We know the old hymnal. What a day that will be when my Jesus I will see. And I will look upon his face. To see his glory and his grace. Oh what a day. That glorious day. It will be. When he returns in glory. His enemies will know. When he reigns in glory. Everyone will know. One day the following passage will be literally fulfilled. Philippians chapter 2 says this. Wherefore God also hath highly exalted him and given him a name 
that is above every name. That at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess in heaven and in earth and things under the earth. That He is Jesus Christ. He is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Isn't that awesome? How we need to be reminded. One day the name Jesus will be proclaimed from the throne of heaven. When that precious name's uttered, the knee of every saint and angel will bow in worship. And reverence, the knee of every sinner will bow in acknowledgement of his lordship and of his glory. And the knee of every demon and Satan himself will bow in recognition that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Oh, what a day that will be. As I conclude... I want all of you to make this personal. Does your name declare His glory? Does your name declare His ministry? Does your name declare His poverty? And at the name of Jesus, does your name declare His identity? When we say His name, when we sing His name, when we breathe His name, when we shout His name, when we whisper His name, we proclaim the greatest name that has ever fallen upon the ears of humanity. We proclaim the name of Jesus, the Savior of the lost, the Shepherd of the sheep. The Redeemer of the soul. The Blessed Bridegroom of the Bride. Of the Lover of Men's Soul. Of the Glory of Heaven. Of the One who calls Himself our Friend. Of the One True and Living God. But you see, that is Him. But you see, He is so much more. In that precious name, the name of Jesus. There is hope. There is peace. There is love. Salvation. Blessing. Healing. Wonder. Joy. Glory. And majesty. That's Jesus. What a lovely name. The name of Jesus. At the mention of that name, hell trembles, Satan flees, and sin is defeated. Captives are delivered. Fear gives way to peace. Hopelessness is swallowed up in victory. The lost are found, the blind see, and the dead live on. Hallelujah. Give the Lord a praise offering. Hallelujah. What a lovely name. The name of Jesus. At the mention of that name, drunkards are made sober. Harlots are made pure. Addicts are delivered from the addictions. The lost are saved and new life begins. Aren't you thankful? Old things are passed away. Behold, all things become new. 
What a lovely name. The name of Jesus. There's something special about that name. That name marks the difference between heaven and hell. Between life and death. Between hope and despair. Between sin and salvation. Between judgment and forgiveness. And between the grace of God and His condemnation. Thank you God for that lovely name. You see Jesus bridges the gap between God and man. Heaven and hell. And sin. And salvation. Many have shared that name. But there is only one Jesus Christ. And he is the King of Kings. And he is the Lord of Lords. Alone. And for eternity. Forever. What a lovely name. The name of Jesus. It reaches farther, higher than the brightest star. Sweeter than the songs they sing in heaven. Let the world proclaim what a lovely name. Say it with me. Jesus. 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 Isn't that wonderful? This Christmas, I hope you can resonate with who He is. This morning, if you do not know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, you've never come to a place where you say, I know I'm a sinner. I know He went to the cross. He died for me. And and did you hear today? He came so that we would have life. Jehovah is salvation. Maybe you've been suffering. Maybe you have fallen from that fellowship with Him. And now today you have to to come to grips with some of your own sin. Well, can I just encourage you that this Christmas, make today, don't wait till January 1st or December 31st to make your New Year's resolution. Make Jesus your New Year's resolution. He's the one who wants to give you new life today. What have you been struggling with? Remember? You may not want to bow your knee to him today. But there will come a day when every knee shall bow. Every tongue shall confess that he is king of kings and lord of lords. Will you come to him today? Will you come to a relationship where it's just you and him? Father, we love you. We thank you for your word. We thank you, Father, that we can identify, Lord, just your grace, just your love for humanity. And, Lord, we know that it all started when you sent an angel to Mary and said that she will bring forth Emmanuel, God with us. That she will bring forth a baby. And his name shall be called Jesus. Oh Lord, how I love this Christmas season. Oh God, how I love your word. How I love your grace and your love and the hope that I have in and through you. And Lord, today I just 
I extend a prayer of petition upon this congregation and a covering for those that maybe, Lord, have been suffering suffering this past year. In 2014, not being able to deal with, with some of the hardship in their life, Lord, may you just help them. Lord, give them the peace that passes all understanding. Lord, comfort them. Lord, give them a hope for today, not tomorrow, for today. With every head bowed and every eye closed, is there somebody here today that you want to say just with raised hand, Pastor, pray for me. I'm dealing with some issues all on my own. Amen, 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 amen. Praise the Lord, amen. Thank you. Is there somebody here today that says, you know, Father, God, I know that in my own quiet time between me and you praying, I know I need to give my heart back to you. Would you say that today? I need to to come back and praise the Lord. Amen. Amen. If you don't know Jesus Christ, amen. Would you come to him today? Is there somebody in the room that says, today I need to know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior? Just between, nobody's looking around, between me, the pastor, and the Lord. Do you need to know the Lord today? Let me pray for you. Father, we just thank you, Lord. As we continue this prayer, Lord, we love you. And Lord, many of us need to get back to a place where we acknowledge the name of Jesus. Lord, stir up within our hearts a revival that, Lord, nobody can contain, keep us down. We just want to shout from the mountaintops, Lord, that you are the glory of the Father. Lord, I pray that you'll bless your people. Thank you, Father, that we have come together this morning as family to to acknowledge that there is something special about your name. God, in this church and in our lives, we say, you are the King. You are our Lord. And more importantly, you are our Savior. You are the reason for this season. Lord, I pray that you'll lift people up this morning for those that lifted up their hands. Lord, give them, empower them, Lord, to change. Free them today. Heal them. In your name we pray. Amen.